to the rec yard. <laughs> We're back live again another Wednesday night and Tunchi's dorm boss must have not let her out for rec or some nonsense. I don't know. You guys know that she <laughs> rarely makes it on time. Y'all, I will be on this ready to go in the studio, ready to see y'all. And she comes skating in at two minutes till. And now we're just expecting her a little bit later. So we are talking about prison labor, prison jobs. Oh, she wants to pop in now. <laughs> oh, don't laugh in the, I ought to leave you in the waiting room, Tunchi. Yeah. God oh, bless. And since you weren't on, we couldn't check our graphics to make sure we were okay. Honey, you but I'm here exactly at 7 so, o'clock. No, ma'am. I was live at 7 o'clock <laughs> and you weren't here. You were here for 42 seconds. You literally hate me. You make my life so difficult. <laughs> it's good, if we weren't in prison together, we wouldn't even be friends. <laughs> no, that's... That's not whatever this sloth like looking thing, which I know that I saw your cat chewing on it. So it's so interesting that now you have him hanging around your neck. <laughs> it smells like cat, no. but <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to, I almost stopped you. We're talking. Yeah. Cause there's no telling what's going to come out of your mouth. We're, we have a topic tonight. Do you remember what it is? Are you is it? That? Yeah, no, it's a, it was prison labor. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. And why does it say medical transport on our? <laughs> I Marcy. hate my life right Wait now. Wait a minute. Is... Now, hold on a second. You, how early did you get on here? I have been on for an hour, probably. You're... Oh, man. This oh, is the truth. And I thought I fixed it, but we could actually talk about medical transport very quickly and give an update. Yeah. You could give Let's an update. Yeah. So we had the um, Senate bill version uh, in the Senate corrections, criminal justice. I see a cat back there. I got really distracted. Um, <laughs> and uh, that testimony went really well. Um, the senators asked pretty thoughtful questions, held the prison system accountable, said, hey, I, I don't want to hear excuses. We're going to talk about how we're going to fix this because this is unacceptable. Um, and, you know, if our faithful viewers know that we talked about medical transport with Deb, about just how horrendous that trip is for women in Texas when they need to go to the hospital for surgeries and procedures, it's just super degrading and horrible. So voted it out of committee right then. And, um, we're which is rare. Which That's is kind of rare, guys. Normally they want to leave it pending and then have backroom discussions and him haw, but <laughs> right then in front of us. It was out of there. And the House bill um, should be voted out and then their companion bills. So it does this whole other little process that it just slides right in there. Slides right in. Uh, unless somebody wants to debate it, which when there's consensus uh, on um, an agreement between everybody, it usually just doesn't even get debated again. So we'll see. But very hopeful. We had some good hearings. 
We we have we have we need to do a allege update. Except we just promised to talk about prison jobs today. Okay, <laughs> we got it. Do Tunchi, it. Tunchi, what was your first job in prison? My first job, <laughs> my first job was at Lane, the Dr. Lane Murray unit when I was 17, turning 18, and it was on the host squad. It was field squad. Working on the field squad. squad. Uh Do you know, when I I pulled chain with somebody um, from county to prison, and we, we went to Plain State Jail, and when we saw UCC, she got like this clerk job, in kitchen clerk job and I got the ho squad (laughs) and it was major bragging rights for her. She was like, what? Didn't you tell them what you did in the free world? (laughs) They don't care. Care. They do not care what you did out here in the world when they are assigning you a job in the, in prison. They don't. I, I am curious though. Was the lady that got the clerk job, was she a white lady? Of course. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Naturally. Naturally. And it was, it was, that was now what, 13, 14 years ago almost. So even more so. Yeah, absolutely. She was. And it turns out they gave her that job because the other kitchen clerk, who was also a white lady, um, she was about to, you know, that was a transitional unit. So she mm-hmm. was about to have to leave that unit. So it, yeah, that's for sure. That's how things went down. So <laughs> let's talk about that first. So we'll get into the, the class structure and the racial inequalities when it comes to labor within the system. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the jobs. So you were on the host squad. Yeah. Oh, lots. Oh, that's right. Cause you were a bad girl. Well, what would, <laughs> what would happen since I, I wasn't completely square, like some folks, how they did their time. I um, would get, I would be in host squad for a while and then I'd get a better job and I'd be doing good. And, um, Things I would be able to handle things like my environment, and then mm-hmm. I would, you know, lose my shit and end up back on host squad. <laughs> Wait a minute, what do you mean? Please tell people they we may have some some staffers or some some church volunteers. What does that mean, Marcy to Marie? To shit. lose your shit? To lose your shit? Yeah. Um, even staffers and good church going folks. Okay. They know what that means. They have lost their shit before. And in that environment, it's hard to keep your stuff together, honestly. So that's how it would go. I would ha- I would be working on host squad. And then, like I said, it was I, I pretty much almost my entire incarceration worked for the same lieutenant. But he had his better jobs that were not host squad, like the herb garden or the inside yard or, you know, and so I would move up to one of those jobs and then I'd get in trouble. And his punishment was always to put you back on the host squad. Back on the host squad. Right. So tell people what the host squad slash field squad. What is that? And I, I should, Hey, did you have any pictures? 
Of me? Oh, of me. <laughs> <laughs> of you out in the field, Michael? How did you get those? Of me in prison? This is Texas. Um, how did I not, how do I not have any pictures? Do you know why? Because it's been a crazy week. I have no, my preparation was 45 minutes prior to this and actually I just had it on the studio making sure we were, the studio was okay. <laughs> So you're acknowledging in front of everybody that we were ill-prepared. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a video over here, but you describe host squad. Okay. So the host squad is what and Shaquille uh oatmeal. God, I, I just love saying your your handle when we're here. Um no, it's not host squad as is H O. It's host squad as in H O E. However, they did, it was kind of a double meaning because they would call us hoes. They would say, Line, deuce it up, hoes. Deuce yeah. it up, hoes. All you hoes get in a row. Hoes I mean, yeah. in a row, baby. Um, yeah. But uh, the hoe that they're referring to is the actual garden hoe that you, you know, do your garden with, right? And, uh, you know, the things that you see in movies and media where people are in chain gangs and they're lined up with each other and they're, swinging their hoe or their little whatever tool they've got. Um, they're out in the fields. It is very remnants of the 1800s on plantation and slave work. That is what field work is. It's field work. Um, and uh, it's the Maybe up for debate. We, we'll see if anybody comments, but it is the, the the most dreaded job. People hate the kitchen and the laundry too. Some people like the field squad. The the younger girls that were in cell block, they, well, that was the only time they really got out is when they went to work. So, but for the most part, we dreaded it and hated it. The officers were the men on the horse, the men and women on the horse with the shotgun, the big cowboy hat and you called them boss and all that it it is exactly that everything so Marcy, that you think it might be it's it is that from everything. it's like you've been transported back in time <laughs> yeah what, what when you saw the field squad the host squad um your first day or or whatever do you remember that day because i remember mine well, first, I wanted to say that you go to UCC and then right away, I mean, seriously, the next day you have to turn out for work. You don't know. Like you get to that prison, you go to UCC, they tell you you're on field squad. And then the next morning they call ho squad and bam you turn out for work. So I remember being so paranoid that I was going to miss work because I didn't know like when to get up and how that worked. And you know what I mean? So I want to, I want to show my video. Oh, well, now we're, well, now we're ready. <laughs> I think so. And okay. I think it's, you can't like scratch your face or pick your nose or whatever you do when you're off camera, because I think it's the way that it's going to be. I don't know. You might still be on camera. So. And then I found me a lover who could play the bass. He's kind of quiet, but his body aches. Spent the days dreaming and the nights awake. Doing things we know we shouldn't do. 
Okay, I want to pause it on that one. If I can get it just to show the picture, because um, first of all, let me see if I can mute. <laughs> that does not. I'm going to try. We're going to play. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, right there. You guys can hold on. <laughs> you guys can see kind of behind and you can't read the words, but that's just literally like somebody on a plantation saying, uh, what are you doing? And a correctional officer saying, uh, I'm working this crew and that plantation boss saying, wow, we still do that because literally Texas prisons and not just Texas, y'all, but Southern prisons um, they definitely do still do that. So when when um, Tunchi's talking about it has that same feel, it it absolutely is the same. I mean, it's I'm not going to say it's the same as that, but it's set up the right. same way. Right. Um, and it was created as an extension of slavery. Absolutely. Um, it was literally created for that. The 13th Amendment freed the slaves with the exception of people that committed crimes. So people that committed crimes, it was legalized to enslave them. So, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. And we should do that show, honestly. And I have a great guest for that show. But what, what happens is so then they freed the slaves and then wrote a bunch of ridiculous laws that were impossible to follow for especially people that had been freed and they arrested them and put them back to work. And that's it. That's how it went. That's how the prison industrial complex was born. So you guys can see them lined up a little bit. I know it's kind of small the way I have it. I'm going to share my screen with this picture here. Yeah, please do. Can Jennifer do it? Can she? I, I have faith. I have faith. Do you, you have can. faith in me? Because it seemed like earlier in the show you didn't. Well, I didn't have Cherry. Oh, I have to hit the button. <laughs> you did your part, kind of. You, do you did it in a weird way. But this is what we've got here now. There it is. Okay, so you can see the um, the boss on the horse there with his hat and got a shotgun. And here's the... Uh, and they say this is from 1978. Um, that was the year I was born. Ooh, so you are, <laughs> I won't tell everybody our age right now, but, oh, I don't know who this lady is. Um, let's, Interesting. <laughs> right? but this, but this is, um, this is it, right? This is the field and, and it's still very much set up, just like you said. So what we're looking at is we're seeing um, prisoners in their white uniforms with uh, Aggies, grubbing hose, these kind of things. And they're working a huge garden similar to what a plantation looks like. And there's a just like um, Tunchi said, there's a correctional officer that is on horseback that's armed. And that is the, it's the same scene. It was that scene in 1978. It was that scene when um, they first started the prison industrial complex. And it is that same exact scene today. It has not progressed as far as I know. It hasn't. Um, it has not. Uh, I was trying to show this picture, which this will be important to look at is them on the uh, 
tractors. Do you remember that? Um, oh, yeah. Riding the tractor. Oh, yeah. And there you've um, got your... So what it would be is the tractor driver would pull a trailer of um, incarcerated people. Um, let's see if it's going to show it. And it's just so small. You can't make your screen bigger, huh? Can you zoom in? Oh, how about that? It's you. So, yeah. So now we see a trailer full of incarcerated people and they're holding their Aggies. I'll tell you what, they don't hold their Aggies in the trailer now. Somebody, too many people probably got hit with an Aggie that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't hold them on the trailer now. But something that's kind of interesting is when you're traveling in the back of that trailer, you're going from the unit to whatever plantation or cornfield or potato field or where where you're going to haul hay or whatever kind of very manual labor you're going to do. And when you pass any people... Because you're you're passing houses, you might pass other vehicles on the road. Everybody on the trailer would have to put their head down. Um, I mean, just to your to your lap. And if they saw you even cut your eyes slightly, you were getting written up. They were all all the bosses were on horseback, just like that scene with their cowboy hats and they're armed and they're riding along beside you and behind you and they're yelling at you the whole time. It's insane. Yeah, and let me let me show one more, um, just because we're we're talking about our experience as women, and I think this would be impactful to take a look at this. Is that the one? Hold on a second. No, don't want that one. Come on, Grandpa, let's let's yeah. get it together. Grandpa, Grandpa uh, Tunchi over here. <laughs> yeah, Tammy, that's right. They don't have their head down, and so that's why I was like. And yeah, we had to have our head down. We could like, if nobody was around, we could lift our head up. But otherwise we were like this. And she's right, man. Uh, somebody said uh, justice was, hi, justice. I'm glad y'all are on. Thank you everybody for joining. We are so appreciative of y'all. Honey, I shared it to all the groups that we've not been sharing to. You have? <laughs> Girl, I just hit all the groups, the Laugh After Lane Murray and the okay, Crane right Unit. On. Yeah, that's smart. You're so smart. Sometimes. Um, show everybody the, share my screen there. Okay, here I can. Okay. Yeah, I want to see what we got going on. I think it looks like swinging now, some Aggies. That that was, and you can see uh, the picket in the background there, which it's it looks red. So it's either Sycamore. It's out in that area over there by Sycamore and Hilltop and where Woodman is now, um, there used to be just be an open field right there. Uh, and uh, this was the late 90s. This was about the time Jennifer showed up <laughs> to TDCJ. And um, this was going on. And so I would be squeezed in the middle there. Um, just getting a lot of shit talked to me because I was... A hundred pounds. I wasn't very strong. And you've got to throw that Aggie down. Well, it, it's you not know? muscle. It, you have to use the, that's the thing. You have to swing it up and let it fall, Tunchi. You're not using just a whole lot of your muscle. And I'm, I'm not, I, I hope that I wasn't, I, I didn't yell at you because we weren't together at that time, but I was one of those assholes out there. 
No, I really was. Marcy, you made me cry. So, women like you, I was 17 and the Aggie weighed more than me. And I was swinging that motherfucker as hard as I could. I tried to get the momentum and it was just the blisters on my hand. And I would just, and you know what would happen, right? The line would bump up. And so the little line of grass that I wasn't able to do all the way. Now people are pissed off because it looks like they weren't doing what they were supposed to be. It just was a nightmare. Well, this is what would happen because so I'm, I'm a lead row. So the, the bosses are coming down hard on me. And so I'm doing my grass. And then if it, something else wasn't done, it would be, Hey, get over there and cut her grass. And so now I'm mad that I had to do my stuff and your stuff and it's hot and we're miserable. And y'all, when we are in those lines like that, we would be so close to each other and you're holding your Aggie with both of your hands with your knuckles out and you're swinging it up and down and your knuckles would be rubbing on the back of the girl's pants in front of you, unless she was just a stick, you know, your knuckles were rubbing. And I, I remember going in that first few weeks and my knuckles were raw. My feet were blistered. I was sunburned because guess what? They don't give you sunscreen. Um, and I, it was, Coming in from working outside in those conditions when it was 105 degrees outside, even 100 degrees outside, those, and then going into the hot dorm, I was in cell block housing in J1 Alpha, and so the, the showers are all together kind of in a room, but it's so hot, it's real humid by the showers. Oh God. Yes. You would come in covered in dirt, dirt up your nose and your ears and, um, miserably hot, dehydrated because you didn't get enough fluids while you were out there for sure. For sure. You didn't. Um, and then have to go sit in that shower area where you just almost cannot breathe. Um, yeah, that was, that's real. That's serious. You know, that's, Um, I've got a picture there of the lawn. I see that. I'll see that. Yeah. Uh, so there, there we would be in our line, right? And um, yeah. So <laughs> being that small person, no gloves, no sunblock, um, just naive and frightened and little, you know, and and the more seasoned aggressive women. And, you know, looking at it now, Marcy, it's not, it's not a, uh, you weren't doing it because you were an evil person in your soul and you delighted in yelling at people, right? Like, well, I don't know, sometimes, I'm just kidding. Uh, But, you know, at the time it was like, it's survival. I, I don't want the case. I don't want the guard to treat me like crap. So it's, it's almost, a matter of just emotional survival, doing what you needed to do out there on the field. And I kind of was the newbie and coming in with blisters on my, I had, the sun was so hot. My ears were blistered. Like I had blisters all over my ear and I was hungry. I didn't have commissary. So I was hungry all the time because we worked like slaves and um, it was just a nightmare. I had bruises, black bruises all over my hips from the, the, the hoe, the hoe hitting the, my hip bones. And then they thought somebody was beating me up when I got strip searched uh, at the back gate. So, 
you're lucky they didn't put you in a solitary confinement thinking you were getting, because that happens. People will hide their bruises, try, do their best to hide their bruises because any, any indication that maybe you're, you got in a fight or you got beat up or you're getting bullied, they're, they're likely to put you away unless you're really getting bullied. And then they're kind of likely to make you stay. It's a real weird thing. So goodness. Um, Justice makes a good point. He's talking about Texas is um, one of the only states that do not pay their inmates for work or labor, or he says one of the few states. And I think the last time I looked, it was like seven seven states. Yeah, they, they pay us in good time. And we just had a hearing about good time, right? And I always tell people, um, it is monopoly money. It doesn't mean anything. You know, my timesheet towards the end there, Marcy and yours probably did too. My, my good time plus my work time, all of that monopoly money together was like I had done 200% of my time with my flat time. Yes, girl. Because I never got, got it taken away from me for disciplinary. Yes, yes, yes. I, I came home with over 100% of my time done. Uh, I had a roommate one time, and this was the, the most that I had ever seen actually on paper. But her last time she, that she got when she went home, um, and she was my roommate when she went home, but it was she was like at 150 something percent. You know, if, if you were really at 150 percent, you know, and then there was folks like Justice here who says he had no good time. It, so it, it doesn't matter anyway, <laughs> Justice, that didn't do anything for us. <laughs> now, Marcy, a, a, an interesting part of this we mentioned, right? We we talked about where this comes from. And as a side note, Carrie did, Carrie Blagenger did a piece about, well, why does the prison system in Texas still utilize field work when crops and all of that actually lost money. She said, Jennifer, I don't, I'm trying to put the pieces together and I'm trying to understand why they continue to invest in this as it began. It's starting to lose money, like the crops and all that. And I said, girl, it's the culture. They are never, they are going to hold on to that boss man on the horse with the shotgun and the, and the, the, the squads is until someone forces them not to, because it's, it's the culture. So a part of that was also what, the the chanting and the singing right do you oh, have yeah. a host squad do you have one oh, yeah. that you can um sing it you got to sing it i'm just trying to think uh there was one we did that says something engine engine number nine i, I don't remember i can't remember any how did i not prepare myself with a host squad it's in your brain dude it's just tap it right now <laughs> <laughs> it's in there it's like those safe peace songs, which somebody um, asked me, could we please next time do a video about the safe peace program? Because we oh, both yeah. read that too. But That's a great idea. Um, yeah, we do, right? We grow and farm for Texas and for, like the pigs and the livestock. All, they sell all of that. People think that, oh, the prisoners are sustaining themselves. Nope, that is all sold. And the thing is, all that stuff became a deficit and it was they weren't making money on it for a while. And they, why are they still doing it? Because they love it. It's part of their culture. Um, I can't believe you don't remember any. Change. I remembered one. Okay, do it. <laughs> I know a girl lives on a hill. What she won't do, Tunchi will. <laughs> I think you just made that one. Up right now. <laughs> I didn't, but me. I don't know any good ones, but 
I, I know too, I'm going to throw their names out here because uh, Lucky Spade, Erica Spade, she is uh, on here sometimes. She's my friend from Lane Murray and man, she would hit it with those uh, chants while we were and it, it makes it fun. It sounds ridiculous and it's, they, I think, encourage it for other reasons, but we took it and we had fun with it. And, you know, so some of the I mean, more. All I remember is one, two, three, four step. One, and it would just be in my head in the middle of the night, kind of like those safe P chants that they forced us to do. And, and it was just, just a cadence all the time. I don't remember. I never could. I don't have rhythm like that. So I couldn't keep up with the cool little songs. But, mm -hmm. but I you remember probably saying step. that in your head because you would have to keep up you guys the aggies had to rise and fall at the same time we right. weren't just in a line they had to be in the air at the same time and hit the ground it had to be a thump and if it wasn't you were getting in yelled trouble. at uh, I, was, marcy i'm gonna show everybody i don't care that i'm in my pajama bottoms i'm gonna get my swift so embarrassed for you right now go get your swiffer <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's literally the Aggies up, the Aggies down, Aggies up. And that was the other thing when you're lead row, you could get a case if they, if your people weren't doing it in the right and um, in line in cadence, then you could get in trouble. And justice is saying rise and shine. It's whole squad time. Oh girl. And you no. know, at Lane Murray, you'd be laying there and it'd be raining and you're like, God, I hope they lay us in, which lay us lay in means that you don't have to turn out. Turn out means leaving the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we'd be like, man. Uh, and then they on that intercom, on that damn intercom. One ho, one ho, two ho, three ho, turn out. Six ho, oh. laid in. Yeah. Like, Son of a bitch. Okay, here it goes. Okay. Hey, okay, I can't lift it all the way. Well, let me turn. No, it's okay. Just do what you can, Tunchi. Okay, so she's got her Swiffer. For the people that are listening to us and not watching, Tunchi is standing in her um, apartment with her Swiffer in her hand. <laughs> this is the hoe, okay? That's the head of it. Yeah, we understand. <laughs> All right, so you be in the line, and you one, two three, a four step. And then you have to move in time. And then when the, when the boss says flip it over, which he's going to keep you on that one arm until you think it's going to fall off. Yes. And then he yes. says, flip it over. You all have to do it at the same time. It and has to all of them. Flip all it all the way over. over seamlessly. And then you step in time and you have, you have to do that because everybody has to be in sync. And if you're not in sync, you're all going to get written up. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a real problem. And they write cases. That's the thing about the whole squad. Um, they write cases um, every day, like every day, three or four or five or six people are getting written up. So you are just trying to, that's another reason, like I would just do like everything overachieve, overwork myself so that I did not end up with the case because what would happen is the next morning, those whole squad bosses got into work at five. We turned out at six. 
from five to six, they're processing freaking disciplinary cases. That's what they're, that's what they live for, honestly. And um, they would call, if they called you out, like at 515, you knew you had a case and you'd be like, dang, what did they write me up for? For some dumb shit. Because if it it was, they would write you up for uh, incomplete work or refusing to work because you, because your little patch of grass wasn't completely cut the way everybody else like it didn't look like dirt it didn't look like dirt so we can't talk the whole time about host squad well let's transition it's no it's a whole episode in itself especially when it comes to to the the history of of slave labor that it's rooted in but slave labor is also um in other jobs here right because we have for-profit industry jobs such as the braille uh, facility at Mountain View, the garment factory at Hilltop, and um, you know the men have their uh, soap factory and that kind of stuff. And these are the things. And I believe Justice said that earlier about oh the print shop at Hobby. So they're making these products to sell, and then they sell them back to us on commissary, like the t-shirts, poor quality, piss poor quality stuff, right? Um, and then things like Braille, the Braille industry, which became a job, you get your certifications and it, it's, it's really hard to transition into a free world job with that because it's such a niche job. I mean, Alexa and just a handful of women have ever really done that successfully. Um, but what that is, is that they're making contracts, right? So a, a school could say, we need you to do, um, to transcribe some stuff, make some Braille pages for for our school right for you know okay and so tdcj would charge them two dollars a page okay but this the industry standard out here is about 450 or five dollars a page right so there this is like shawshank redemption when he's like warden you're gonna run me out of town because you've got free labor here Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that whole story but so they're underselling their competition so they can get the contract yep and then using that's free, kind free of slime ballish. I mean, it's not slime ballish if you're underselling them and you have equal playing ground, but you're not having to pay wages except for the tiny little bit. So it's not equal playing ground. <laughs> right. Right. And so then it becomes, you know, now it's not just, you know, the the idea that we're not getting compensated for our labor. It's that they are making real money off of it, right? Like real money off of our labor and we're not being compensated for it. Um, you know, I, sometimes they would donate things like, like Rhonda's talking about here, but for sale, I, I believe it. it. It, it was bad. So you have those type of jobs and then you have, now, did you ever work in the kitchen, Marcy? Oh, honey, I worked in the kitchen. Okay, well, when I started my time, I got off the whole squad um, because I was still new enough to the system to be naive enough to believe that an OJT, which is like an on-the-job training, it means if you hold a prison job, certain prison jobs for a certain amount of time, you get a certificate. And I, and I was naive to think that that certificate meant something. You know, so I talked to the kitchen captain or um, actually it was the sergeant that was in charge because I wanted to be the butcher. The butcher was about to leave 
And I wanted that job. I wanted her to train me before she left. And I started bugging that poor man. It was Sergeant Aquin. If you're still around, hey, Sarge. But um, yeah, he got me in the butcher shop. And actually, it turned out to be a pretty sweet deal because it was the middle of summer and I was getting to go in the freezers. (laughs) So I was ending up staying at work. I would stay in the kitchen as long as I could, sometimes till the sun went down and then I could come in, shower and go to sleep. And then I would, as soon as I got up, I'd go back to work so I could avoid that heat. Uh, So yeah, I did then and, and it wasn't bad then, but then going from being a butcher, I get to Dr. Lane Murray unit and they put me back on the host squad. Um, but y'all hated the kitchen at Dr. Lane Murray unit. And I, they pulled the kitchen was short one time and they pulled a bunch of um, the host squad people to the kitchen. And I hated it. It was, there was nothing great about, there was no benefits for me working in that kitchen for sure. I had to beg my Lieutenant, please pull me back. Give me back. Well, you know, kitchen is hot and gross and full of drama and and especially Lane Murray's chow hall. There's nothing there. It's just it's just horrid. The food's bad. The conditions are bad. It, it was just. We had a kitchen boss um, and she was still there when I left. I don't know if she's still there now, but she would take the leftovers like from the serving line, Mm -hmm. the big leftovers. And because what would happen is those would go back to pots and pans um, and there was still food in them. So we would transport them this way and people would come by while we were cleaning up. People would come by and eat out of that because honestly, they didn't feed us enough. You know, people were hungry all the time in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Anyways, she caught on to people doing that. And she would, when chow was finished being served, she would take chemicals and pour them on those to keep us from eating them. But I'll tell you what, she got in trouble for it, Tunchi, because I don't know really how they found out that about that. But, you know, the slop, y'all, the food that we don't eat, it goes to the pig farm. And it's fed to the pigs. Marcy, I them. thought this was going to be a story about real accountability. And it was about, you're going to make the pigs sick if you yes. pour the cow. Oh, yeah. It wasn't because they cared that she was doing that about us. Hateful. <laughs> Hateful. Yeah. Hateful. It was oftentimes, y'all, it, we would be, at, even as a kitchen, um, as a kitchen worker, they have kitchen chow. And so if it was extra food, we would be like, we ate after everybody. Mm-hmm. Why not just let the kitchen workers eat, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they'd be like, well, we I think that we can give you one extra hot dog weenie. <laughs> like, I mean, that's how it would be. And we're like, look at all of this food. Are you freaking serious? But we used to always joke and they're like, they rather feed the pigs, girl. They rather feed the pigs than us. Well, you know, it was like, well, I remember, um, our, don't yell at me right now, but of course our kitchen was a lot better. And t- now we still didn't have a lot of food, um, but we had kitchen managers that were much more, you know, humane and, and did like to feed and took pride in their food because it's a smaller unit too. Um, but I, I will say those girls in Braille, now remember they're the ones with the real 
making money, not getting paid. And they would get there at four o'clock in the morning. They'd be at that Braille facility all day, stressed out. And they were the last ones served chow every day. And a lot of times, Marcy, they would get to the chow hall and the kitchen was out of food mm-hmm. because they hadn't prepared enough or they, you know, they, their budget. There was one summer that we were literally eating a scoop of beans and cornbread because there was nothing left in the budget, period. And I would tell those girls, I said, y'all making them, at, you know, someone w- that we know was helping run the Braille facility in ways that the staff should have been doing. So she had all the numbers, right? And she's like, bitch, we made $700,000 this year. And we can't even get hot food in the jail. This is how much they appreciate this. And, you know, uh, you know how food was so important. And I remember she was telling me that they had found out that the men You know, I like to touch on the difference. The men in their industry jobs at least got big things, the kitchen container things of real coffee. Mm -hmm. And they kept it all day in their industry. They had Braille and soap and all that stuff. And the girls found out and they were like, what? So when TDCJ came and saw the facility and had a big group meeting, because there's about 100, 200 women in this facility. And they said, well... We heard the men get coffee and they said, well, y'all aren't. This is supposed to be something that helps incentivize your work stuff. And they were like, no. And so the lady that was over Braille was like, oh, well, we'll work on it. And she still never implemented it. That She would have contractors that would want to donate pizza and have like little parties because, hey, you just fucking, you know, did these contracts for us. Everybody made all this money. And the warden would tell the lady in Braille, the manager, well, it's fine with me if you want to do it. She refused. My girls do this because they care about the blind community. Girl. And it just reminded me of that lady pouring those chemicals on that yeah. What the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Mean, mean, mean. And and then we're talking a little bit about kitchen drama also. So there's there's a class system within the kitchen workers about where you work in the kitchen. Like, yeah. like just, you're not, a, you're not, it doesn't just suck the same for everybody in the right. kitchen. You're, you're right. If you work in the dishwasher, you're at the low end. If you're working in pots and pans, you're at the bottom of the kitchen worker ladder, right? You have to be a baker or a cook or running the kitchen commissary, handling the inventory. (laughs) Well, you know, Marcy, that's a good segue into, as we're talking about all these jobs, right? Because you hit it right when we started. Um, Some people have different jobs. And that's why I asked, well, was that lady that got the clerk job white? And so what you typically saw, um, and and not, you know, when you say this, people are like, "Uh uh-uh, not that, no, we're talking about overall in general. The jobs that were status, right, clerk jobs tend to be the white girls. The janitor, the, the dishwashing, the dirty laundry loader, like all of those jobs were the women of color. And that's just, that is the truth. And, and I think during my years when I first got there, I never noticed that. But of course, as... Uh, you know, 
my world is opened up to all these injustices. Like, well, why did she just get punched in the face from the host squad sergeant? And that girl did the same thing to him. Uh, I need to figure out what the difference here in, you know, dumbass me living a white person's life. Oh, dummy. It's because of race. And then I began to see it. Right. Yeah. And that, that came at least at the Lane Murray unit. Um, that came mostly from staff. That, that kind of issue. Yes. Um, because within our community of ladies that were incarcerated together, there were always a few, right? There's always going to be a few that are whatever. But for the most part, I feel like we were a really pretty all in the drenches together. Like we were all at the bottom together, just trying to survive. So I was grateful um, for that. And just justice is saying how women's units aren't as violent. And I, I just think that plays into it because um, it wasn't like gang and race, um, but there still was a class system. And, uh, uh, you know, the mean girls, the mean girls happen in prison for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and it is, um, you know, in terms of like, like you said, like the differences in job assignments and how that went, which was so weird to me, like all the things that were wrong there, like, and, and I'm sure you, you were the same way, like, Hey, you guys, this is wrong. They can't do this to us. And it's like, well, it's the way it's always been. So they must be able to. And it was just kind of this understanding that, well, the white girls get the clerk jobs, the pretty white girls get the maintenance you know, clerk jobs. And they're the ones right there with the boss or the staff, you know, And it was just kind of this known thing. And I never heard people like resist that or, or fight that. It was that same old, this is the way it just did. Like a, like a beat down resign thing to the way things operated there. Uh, because amongst us, I, I mean, and of course there may be women of color that are like, the two of you have no fucking idea what you're yeah. talking about, right? Um, but the, like you said, the, the feel was that we were all just in it together. And those separations came from, from staff. staff, from both on both ends. Racism from staff happened of for all people in white experience racism from various staff members. I mean, it, it absolutely happened that way. Um, Shaquille's coming in hot because she always comes in with the great comments and she's asking how do people coming from white collar jobs uh, adapt to that kind of environment? And we did have some, now I'll say the doctors that I knew were in there for being very bad doctors, you know, doing crazy nurses, the medical staff, uh, so I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Um, <laughs> I think that, that people with specialized skills, whoever they were, gravitated and really, um, tried to find those clerical jobs. Um, it, it just was harder for women of color because they are just so, uh, they're oppressed in a different way, but people with those skills eventually try to find their space that they can because that's a, like, like Marcy said, it's a class system. Those with the better jobs 
run the unit. They have the better reputation. They've they've been there longer. The staff respect them. And it's just, it, well, it's almost like out here, right? The legislators are treated different than the average citizen. Like there is a structure, a social structure there. So you, you're looking for the jobs that meet the social structure that you want to be in. Now, I will tell you a, a story, and me and Alexa still laugh about this. We'll do it to each other. That there was a lady that was a classical pianist, and she said, Jennifer... <laughs> This woman was not going to that kitchen and they assigned her to the kitchen. She went to medical. Medical's a way to get out of trying to get out of work stuff, right? Um, legitimate sometimes, sometimes not. And so they would tell her, Miss So-and-so, especially at Mountain View, they didn't, they would call us offender or inmate, but a lot of times they would call us miss. Um, miss So-and-so, you need to report to the kitchen. <laughs> Alexa said, Jennifer, this, Oh, white lady. Put her hands up. Well, she wasn't, a, she was a cellist. She wasn't a piano. She was a cellist. And she put her hands in the officer's face and said, look at these hands. These are the hands of a cellist. And they said, if you don't get your ass up and go to that kitchen, we're going to write you up. And she got wrote up all the time um, because she was like, I don't do this type of work. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure that you're a talented cellist that, that was in the orchestra, but girl, you're going to that kitchen and you're going to wash dishes or I'm going to keep writing you up. Uh, and that goes back to that, that, that slavery thing, right? Is that, okay. If you are getting disciplined and you are being um, locked up in seg, or you are, you're being forced to work against your will. And if you don't, there are severe punishments and consequences. That's what that is, right? Even for the little weird lady that <laughs> felt like she was too good, right? And you know, the, the class system, like what you did in the free world, it really didn't mean shit amongst the incarcerated. Amongst us, population. no. Because we what all, can you do here? You, you either, you could come in for um, prostitution or you could come in with your full medical degree and we were on equal playing field. We were all just trying to survive in there for sure. I will say this, and I don't know if Clara is watching, you know, Clara Harris, everybody knows she was a dentist. We don't have to talk about her stuff, <laughs> but she was a dentist and you know how bad medical care was. So when I had dental stuff, I'd say, and she worked in Brill. So Claire, will you look at my teeth? And she would tell me what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a friend, um, Desiree, I don't, she shows up sometimes on our lives. She was my nurse because she was a nurse in the world. And she would tell me, Jennifer, you can't, you know, drink some more water. Or, you know, she would give me those little home remedies that we had. But at the end of the day, we're all working wherever they put us, we're all the same. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just trying to survive. What, what other jobs we have to talk about SSI because people don't know what that prison slang. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, what it sounds, I don't remember. Do you remember? Scary, right? Cause it, it sounds, uh, it's <clears throat> support service inmate. It, and then they, when they changed the word to offender, it was really supposed to be SSO uh, that never caught on. Then they went back to using the word inmate, but it is support service inmate. And so you had SSI clerks 
who did paperwork and that kind of stuff, which was very um, non-security threatening paperwork. It was just minimal paperwork. SSI janitor was a janitor. So you cleaned the dorms. Um, the janitor that cleaned MPF, which that was the name of the building where the ladies who were having mental health problems, um, it was often very tough to clean that up because they don't give you the proper supplies. Um, so yeah, that was the janitor, the person that's supposed to clean the dorm. Now, did did you experience that janitors just came in and got their coffee and watched TV? <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, so part of it, part of um, it, it changed up a bit, right? Because for a while you worked as an SSI in a different dorm. Mm -hmm. So you got to go see your friend and, and, you know, that was a whole different, and sometimes that is how it worked, but then they changed it. Um, where on Lane Murray, where you had to stay within your dorm. Um, and so I'll tell you some of those bosses, they weren't having you sit around. Some of them were, but some you weren't sitting around. And I'll also say that when I made parole, actually, even before I made parole, at some point in my sentence, when I had been all the way at the bottom, right. Um, and had finally kind of snapped out of my, all of that, all of the worst stuff that I went through, suicidal thoughts and all of that. When I came out of that um, and I was ready just to sit down, um, I requested a job change to be an SSI because I wanted to stay in the dorm. Honestly, I didn't want to work. I didn't want to leave the dorm. I wasn't going yeah. to chow. I, wasn't, I didn't want to get in trouble anymore. Mm. I had gotten in so much trouble um, that I was just through with that. People thought I made parole, girl, before I even saw them. People were sent, like, somebody would come in from chow and say, so-and-so asked about you. They thought maybe you went home. Girl, I didn't go home. I'm just, I'm just not going anywhere. So I would clean the dorm. That was my job. I would only go to commissary. Um, and I, I didn't mind it. I mean, I was cleaning toilets and showers and it was gross and disgusting, but whatever. I put gloves on and I just did it. Um, so yeah, but right, it it depends on on the officer. But sometimes we'd get mad, like, "Bitch, you come over here to to be a janitor. I can't just sit down in the kitchen and not serve your food. But you're gonna come over here and sit down, and the toilets are nasty. And y'all, by the way, I know that there's this idea that women must be super clean. No, I've been on men's units on tours, doing classes, teaching. Pretty clean, although I know there's areas that, that aren't old and decrepit, but for the most part, women's prisons are, y'all, we're just nasty living together. It, it's, it's so nasty. It, I'm sorry. It just is. Just is. It really is. And um, Andrea's talking about working as an SSI in the solitary confinement dorm. And those cells have feces, blood, and that was what happened to me. As an S Once you get that job changed to an SSI, all of a sudden one day they can just say, hey, now you work in right. the solitary confinement dorm. And that's what happened to me while I'm trying to hide out. So then I'm working in solitary confinement and it's bad all the way around. The officer's there was a handful of officers that were okay, but those bosses that work down there because they keep the same crew in that building mm -hmm. and that wears on them. 
I mean, just that environment just breaks them down even more so than an, an average correctional officer. And they took it out on us, man. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. And it was nasty. And Andrea's right. We were cleaning up. People were cutting themselves and who cleans it up? That's that's us. That's yeah. And, it, you know, when I when I chemical kit, they didn't give you, you know, like you might be thinking they don't give you that. Right. They give you whatever little watered down, down thing. And a, and they didn't just like she said, ask no questions. They don't care how you get it up. Just get it. We up. Just get it. When I, I first got to Mountain View, I was assigned to cell block as a janitor and then add SAG. And ADSEG is the only place at Mountain View um, that may have changed. They've remodeled um, a couple of years ago. But while I was there for years, ADSEG was the only place that did not have air conditioning. Um, and uh, those ladies were, you know, the investigation side and then the housed uh, side. And, and it was just trying to go down there and clean that hall. I've never heard so much. It was the first time in my incarceration where I did hear this collective misery and people mm -hmm. that have lost their minds and not like the girls in the mental health wing. It, it's a different type of losing your mind. Um, and it was horrible. I hated it. I hated it so much. Um, it was terrible. Well, Marcy, we have five minutes and there's still a plethora of jobs. The yard, I know. you know. I know. And I worked the herb garden. You didn't get to, you didn't even ask me what my favorite prison what job was. What was your favorite was. prison job, honey? Well, I worked in the herb garden. Because <laughs> you got to take herbs back to the dorm. I, hey, one time I was on the cool, I had brought a bunch, and I know this is, seems off thing for you because you would have just had one of your little girlfriends do That's it. That's correct. Um, <laughs> but I was, um, I had a, quite a package of, I don't even remember what was in there, but cilantro and whatever else I thought I wanted to cook with. Um, and it was a pretty good little size and I had it, we had like some work boots and I had it like tucked in near my ankle in the inside of my boot. Do you know the um, dang gang sergeant? stopped me on main street to pat search oh me girl i was dying because those there's two ladies that were on that unit when i was there that you did not want to pat search you because they were i mean was it miss king no i'll say her name transu sergeant transu i got over on you <laughs> i'll say I it i normally don't say their names i got it because you pat searched me, and even though you cupped my vagina, ma'am, you didn't check the inside of my ankle boot. You didn't check there, and I made it back to the dorm. But everybody that was with me knew I had that on me, and I'm the one who had got stopped. And all of my coworkers was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I, I made it through. And I'm I'm sorry to admit that I did that in prison, but I. I absolutely Honey, did. Oh, it was the bar trap. Cilantro. It wasn't that. heroin. So, you know, it's okay. It's okay that you got over on okay. bar trap. It has to be said. If y'all want to know what the bar trap is, it's uh, where all the sewage goes through a grate and all the things that we were flushing that don't need to be in the sewage system are, you got to take a rake and you got to clean all of that off that grate. One time, y'all need to know this, though. Her name was Bobby, and she had dentures. And uh, she pissed this other older lady off in the dorm. 
And uh, she said, I'm going to get you, bitch. <laughs> stole her dentures. You know, they used to have that little plastic thing they put them in. Uh-huh. And uh, she mm-hmm. stole her dentures and um, broke them in half and flushed them. Bobby was mm. hysterical. Okay. She was crying. And uh, we called her Bobby Brown. <laughs> and she was like, because she ball mouth. <laughs> you know, God, women can be mean. Um, so you can imagine she didn't want to be bald mouth because it was going to be terrible for her. Right. So she convinced the maintenance guy, please, please, can y'all please go look and see if it's there. And they went, Marcy, and it was there. And they brought it back and they bleached it out. <gasps> yes, ma'am. Bleached it out in medical. Put it back together, glued it. Because you can't get, y'all know Carrie Blakinger's piece about the dentures. They said they were going to do machines and 3D, all that. And guess what? That fell through. Now, because you know, they didn't do dentures. So if you lose them or break them, you are done. You are going to get like liquid food because they are, anyway. So it was, and we were like, Bobby, are you really? She goes, they've been bleached. They've been cleaned. They've been fit. Um, and she popped them back in her mouth. We need to, we're at the hour. We're at the hour, Tunchi. Uh, they're about to call Rick. We're about to have to go. Um, but we've, we've just got to run through. There are a few better jobs besides clerking. Well, ask me um, what my favorite about. job was. Tunch, what was your favorite job? Um, I was a library aide. I was a library clerk. So I ran the library for almost 10 years. Um, I embedded myself in it and uh, refused to move. Uh, they switched us out when something happened one time, but I ended up back in there. So Let's talk about... <laughs> Yeah, I know you have library stories. That's for another time, honestly. You want to talk about getting over on some officers. Yeah, yeah. So all of you guys that had Tunchi as your librarian prison staff and you worked in education, (laughs) I want you to know she's not as good as you thought she was. You thought she was a goody two-shoes and that you could trust her, but in actuality, she manipulated you into trusting her and got away with a lot of shenanigans in that library. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jade said she was a trustee plumber. Um, Veronica says she worked maintenance, HVAC, and electric crew inside yard. I worked inside yard too. That's mowing, weed eating, chapel clerk, chapel worship. And she was a gym instructor, which was a super easy job because the gym on Lane Murray (laughs) was hardly ever open y'all in all honesty. So, um, what are we going to talk about next week, guys? We need to make, you need to highlight Celos's comment there. Okay, okay. Let, well, let me look. Okay. What did I miss? The, what I saw Under, her say yeah, was, was Veronica's oh, there. Oh, I was not going to highlight that. Celos says Tunchi oh, was the best librarian. Celos is an outstanding barber now. She Her unofficial job was she cut hair. And so she cut my hair. Um, she did a great job. And now that's her job now. Um, but I was the best librarian. Celos, I cut hair in prison too with toenail clippers, and I used to charge either a bag of coffee or ten noodles to cut a straight line. Uh, that's it. Celo had the blade in the design oh, and uh, all that. No, I wasn't all of that. That's a whole nother episode. We need to do prison hustles, so that's maybe an idea. Unless somebody else has something better, we unless gonna, you have an idea, we were gonna. Tunchi. 
we were going to talk about safe P. Oh, you want to do that next week? Yeah, because Jennifer was, you know, left a bunch of comments on um, the channel, and she was like, "Remember how I want I want to hear y'all's opinion about safe P." And uh, we both okay. were there. So that y'all is, is the substance abuse felony program, which that's what it's called for probation. But for those of us who are already in prison as a parole answer, it's called in prison therapeutic community. Y'all are going to love to, a lot of y'all have been through it. So it's, I'm going to try to think of the songs and, and the little chants. That'll be special. Okay. You do that. I went through Safe P during COVID time, but I still want to. Uh, I, I, I'm. I, I want to talk about it, and maybe, just maybe, the Lion King would be our special guest, my girlfriend, the Lion King, because she also went through Safe P. Uh, so she might at least hop on for ten minutes or so and answer some um, questions uh, and. That's right. Veronica Martinez was at Safe P with me. Yeah. <laughs> we should, you know what we should do, Marcy? We should like have some, we should do a mock. And, and I don't know because y'all had it during COVID, but we should. An encounter? And we should an do encounter? an encounter for everybody. Okay. So they yeah, know what that, that sounds like. great. Okay, guys, we, they're calling Rec, the guards yelling. We're She's already called your ID and you're, you're going to have to go ask her not to write you up for not coming out the gate. So yeah. I'm do y'all know when we go to Rec, we have to turn our IDs in and then, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, they, you won't get it back if you piss the guard off too much. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. And then you can't go to commissary and all that. <laughs> Any last thoughts, Toonch? Um, just that I can't believe that I was such a great librarian that people still remember. Okay. Thanks for hanging out on the rec yard with us. We are live every Wednesday night. Guys, if you have not found our YouTube channel, please look it up. Please subscribe to the YouTube. Marcy's yes. going to be real nice about this, but I'm going to have to come on with the heat. We stream it everywhere to because y'all are really on Facebook. Our little community loves Facebook. Um, for what reason, I don't know, but we do. The YouTube channel is what we're really trying to grow and, and get out there. Um, it's a whole different demograph. So please subscribe. You subscribe, then you hit the little button thing. That way you get notifications. The bell. You subscribe and hit the bell. It tells you when we're live. We're, we got to go in, girl. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Let me see if I can end, the, end this. See y'all later. Uh, Wave, you know the thing. Bye. God. Bye. Bye. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah.